Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's go to Acts chapter 25, uh, verse 21. We begin with that verse tonight. As my mom would have said if she was here, realize, realize that we were, about, we're you remember, huh? that we're about to finish the book of Acts. So we've got, we're almost finished with chapter 25. We've got chapter 26, 27, and 28. Very powerful book. So um, let's get into it. Acts 25, 21. Remember, Paul is being held because of his belief in Jesus. We all understand that, right? It's, not, it's really not because he's against Jewish law or trying to do crazy stuff against the Jewish law, the Old Covenant. Um, the Jews call the Old Covenant, um, accu very accurately translated, one of the translations is testimony. The Old Testimony, the Hebrew word there in the English is testimony. We say covenant or testament. Um, I had the privilege of sitting next to a Jewish rabbi on our flight home from wherever we were for vacation. And uh, he was as talkative as me, believe it or not. So I'd get quiet and go, okay, we're going to kick back now. And he'd ask me another question. We just kept going. He was, it was very interesting. I got to speak a blessing over him and show him that we really love and support the Jewish people, God's people, God's original people. And he called the Old Covenant the test, the Old Testimony. So here we are, and we know that the Apostle Paul wasn't trying to do away with the Old Covenant. He was trying to bring in the New Covenant with God's help because of what Jesus did. But they hated him because he served Jesus and believed Jesus was the Messiah. That's the basis for it. Verse 21, but Paul appealed to have his case decided by the emperor. This is the governor speaking. Does anyone remember the governor's name? No, Caesar is the king, is the Roman emperor. And he had a, you know, Caesar was the title. But this is Governor Felix. Governor Felix, all right? You guys remember the cartoon, Felix the Cat? Do you all remember that? So the governor had the same name as the cat. Paul appealed to have his case decided by the emperor, the governor said. So I ordered that he be held in custody until I could arrange to send him to Caesar, which is the emperor of Rome. Verse 22, I'd like to hear the man myself, Agrippa said. Agrippa is King Agrippa. And Festus replied, you will win. Tomorrow. Wait, sorry, Felix was the guy before, before Festus. I apologize. Felix was the previous governor. I stand corrected. Um, this governor, this current governor is Festus. That was also Matt Dillon's sidekick. Does anyone remember that from Gunsmoke? A little before somebody else's time. That's okay. We're all learning together, right? Festus replied, you will tomorrow. You're going to hear Paul's case. So look at verse 23. So the next day, Agrippa, someone say Agrippa. Agrippa and Bernice, Bernice is his sister, arrived at the auditorium with great pomp, accompanied by military officers and prominent men of the city. You know how it is with royalty, they, everywhere they show up is a parade, right? Um, military officers and prominent men of the city. Festus ordered that Paul be brought in. Before we go to the next verse, I want you to look at Acts 9.15. Look at the prophecy being fulfilled. The Lord was speaking to the man of God in Damascus who was going to go lay hands on Paul, and he said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles 
and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. Can you imagine amazing, an amazing calling like that? Is you're Jewish, you were trained in Jewish law, but for the first time ever, you're going to be one of the missionaries to the Gentiles, one of the first times ever. So you're going to go to the Jews, the Gentiles, who are Gentiles, non-Jews, and you're going to go to kings. Look at that. Go, Paul's my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. And here he is. We're back to chapter 25, verse 23. He's standing before Agrippa and Bernice. All right, let's go to the next verse, verse 24. Then Festus said, Festus is the current governor, once again, my error earlier. The, the previous governor was Felix. This current governor is Festus. He said, King Agrippa and all who are here, this is the man whose death is demanded by all the Jews. Sounds like a, <clears throat> a little bit of an exaggeration, huh? Every single Jew on the planet wants him dead. We know what he means. Um, there's even a saying in Spanish. Anybody who's familiar with Spanish, they say, todo el mundo. The whole world. It just means everybody. It means a lot of people, right? It, man, you know, at the party last night, todo el mundo estaba en la fiesta. Does it mean the whole world was there? No, a lot of people were there. A bunch of people. So he's saying, man, a bunch of Jews, they, they're demanding his death, both here and in Jerusalem. But in my opinion, he has done nothing deserving death. Wisdom. He's done nothing deserving death. However, since he appealed his case to the emperor, I've decided to send him to Rome. How exciting. All right. And the apostle Paul just wanted to go everywhere and preach the gospel. Right? All right. But what shall I write the emperor? See, the governor's at a loss. He says, there's no clear charge against him. There's no clear charge. You know when the police arrest you? They have a charge against you, right? It could be as simple as resisting arrest, or you were, you were going 120 miles per hour in a 15-mile-per-hour zone. I think that's something worthy of arrest, 105 miles over this posted speed limit. But there's, there's a clear charge. He says, man, what do I write the emperor? There's no clear charge against him. So I've brought him before all of you, and especially you, King Agrippa. And you'll find out why he wanted to bring him before King Agrippa. The Apostle Paul's going to say why. So that after we examine him, I might have something to write. He's having writer's block right now. He says, what do I write about this guy? He's, not, it's not clear to me. The Jews want to kill him, but I don't know, you know. What's going on with this situation? For it makes no sense to send a prisoner to the emperor without specifying the charges against him. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you may speak in your defense. So Paul, gesturing with his hand, started his defense. I am fortunate, King Agrippa, that you are the one hearing my defense today against all these accusations made by the Jewish leaders. Why? Glad that you asked. For I know you are an expert on all Jewish customs and controversies. So he was the right guy to have Paul stand before. Now please listen to me patiently. Why? Because Paul is long-winded. <laughs> I don't know. He's going to explain. He's going to explain everything. As the Jewish leaders are well aware, I was given a thorough Jewish training from my earliest childhood among my own people in Jerusalem. Remember I told you thorough among the Pharisees was and thorough among many Jewish kids is they learn the, they learn the first five books of the Bible. Can you imagine? Many Jews commit the whole thing to memory. If they would admit it, they know that I have been a member of the Pharisees. Someone say Pharisees. Pharisees are some of the Jewish uh, uh, 
religious leaders, uh, they're the, the de facto rulers of the country. Now that they didn't have their own king, uh, per se, their own Jewish king, the, the religious rulers, they really led the country. They were the top elders in the country. He said, if they would admit it, they know that I've been a member of the Pharisees, the strictest sect of our religion, the strictest denomination, if you want to say, of our religion. Now I'm on trial. Look at this. Look how sharp he is. Now I'm on trial because of my hope in the fulfillment of God's promise made to our ancestors. He says, they're mad at me because of my hope in a promise made to all of us many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. In the Old Covenant, the Old Testimony, the Old um, Testament. In fact, that is why the 12 tribes of Israel zealously worship God night and day. Zealous means with a passionate intent. They do it fiercely, passionately. They worship God night and day. And they share the same hope I have. Yet your majesty, they what? They accuse me for having this hope. Look at Paul's case. He can defend himself well. He says, look, I have this hope according to Scripture. and The promise is made to the Jewish people, and I'm on trial for this same hope. Why does it seem incredible to any of you? Now he's, he's speaking to the Jews, isn't he? He's not only addressing King Agrippa, now he's... I would imagine he even turned and looked at his accusers and says, why does it seem incredible to you? Incredible means not credible, hard to believe, right? Say, man, why is it hard to believe or so amazing to any of you that God can raise the dead? See, he's saying, my hope is in the resurrection and I'm on trial for that. He said, I used to believe that I ought to do everything I could to oppose the very name of Jesus the Nazarene. Indeed, I did just that in Jerusalem. Authorized by the leading priests. Look at this. Listen carefully. This is his testimony. Someone say testimony. Uh-huh. Say, what is, what is my testimony? It is a record of God's faithfulness in your life. The Old Testament is the record of God's faithfulness in and through and for the people of Israel. He said, I did just that in Jerusalem. Authorized by the leading priests, I caused many believers there to be sent to prison. He said, and I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to death. Did you know when you cast your vote for someone's death there, you're part of the situation, aren't you? You're either part of the problem or part of the solution. In Paul's case, he was part of the problem. Many times I had them punished in the synagogues. What is a synagogue? Jewish church. I was talking to the rabbi on the plane. He, he pastors, or I don't guess we'd say he rabbis. He leads two flocks, one in L.A. and one in, believe it, Bel Air. I said, wow, he's got a synagogue in Bel Air. He said, many times I had them punished in the synagogues to get them to curse Jesus. Can you imagine Paul's goal? He thought he was doing God a favor because he thought they were heretics. What is a heretic? Is someone who believes in false doctrine. He said, man, these people are crazy. Jesus is not God in the flesh. His goal, he said, his goal was to punish people to get them to denounce Jesus. He said, I was so violently opposed to them that I even chased them down in foreign cities. He was zealous, wasn't he? He was passionate for what he thought was right. Scripture says at one point, Jesus prophesied this. He said, there will be those that persecute you and put you to death, and they will think that they're doing God a favor. Did you know, and I know they serve a different God than ours if you really look into it, but did you know the Islamic religion, the zealous ones, not everybody's like this, 
say, ah, there's only about radicalized, about 100 million of them on the planet. 100 million radicalized um, Muslims. Well, of, of those, who knows how many, they believe that killing a Christian or an infidel, an unbeliever, is a service to God. They believe that. Isn't that crazy? So Jesus' prophecy is still being fulfilled. Look at this. The Apostle Paul goes on. He says, one day I was on such a mission to Damascus. That's in current day Syria, right? Damas those who live in Damascus still claim to this day, they believe they hold the title of the oldest existing city in the world. I don't know which city it actually is, but they do have a, a, a legitimate claim. Armed with the authority and commission of the leading priests, he went on a mission to persecute believers like yourself and like me. About noon, your majesty, as I was on the road, a light from heaven brighter than the sun. How many of you know that it's very bright at noon? It's probably the brightest time of the day, right? He said, a light from heaven brighter than the sun shone down on me and my companions. He's telling his testimony again. What God has done in his life. He said, we all fell down and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic. At this time, the Hebrews not only spoke Hebrew, but their day-to-day -day conversational language, we believe Jesus spoke that, of course, was Aramaic. He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is useless for you to fight against my will. Who needs to hear that in here tonight? Let's leave that on the screen for a minute. Did you know, even as a believer... You say, well, in the world, I was fighting against God's will. You as a believer, check it out tonight on the live stream. Hear me out. Are you fighting against God's will? Think about that. Don't fight against God's will. Jesus himself said, it is useless for you to fight against my will. Say, man, does that mean God's going to force me? No, at some point God says, I'm going to fulfill my will, be part of it or not, but it's useless to stop my will. It's coming. It's on its way. You ever seen out here, you ever seen the, many times, it, it can rain from any direction here, but many times you can see it blowing over from Carlsbad, from the west, right? And from the south, 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 southwest, you can see the storm coming. Man, you can watch it for hours and there's nothing you can do about it. You can pray, right? But you can see it's going to happen. If it comes in this direction, we're going to get those storm clouds, whatever those are. Rain or not, lightning, thunder or not, you can see it coming, and here it comes. And look, G Jesus is saying this, it's useless for you to fight against my will. You, you might as well wake up and see that it's on its way. Be part of it or don't, it's useless for you to fight against my will. I don't know who that's for tonight. This is part of Paul's testimony. Who are you, Lord, I asked. And the Lord replied, I'm Jesus the one you are persecuting. It's in, interesting, speaking of Muslims, for years now, many, many years, Jesus has been appearing to practicing Muslims. What's fascinating is every time Muslims have a vision or a, an encounter with God and see Jesus, they always know who he is. He is unmistakable. Who are you? He said, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. See, Paul couldn't see him. I don't, I, don't, I don't quite know that he could see him. Or that it sounds like he couldn't see him. But he said, man, who are you, Lord? He said, now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Tell people that you have seen me and tell them, well, it says seen me. I don't know if he just saw the light or he saw Jesus exactly as he was. But he says, tell people that you've seen me. And he said, and tell them, I'm sorry, what I will show you in the future. God's amazing because he always has a plan. He says, 
Tell them that you've seen me, and then I'm going to show you some other stuff. You're going to need to share that with them too. Powerful. This is Paul testifying. And I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I'm sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Have you ever tried to tell someone about Jesus? It's been, he's become real to you, and he's changing your life, and they're just kind of looking through you. You ever had someone like that? They're like, I, I don't get it. Like, that doesn't even sound fun. Their eyes are not open. Scripture says the veil has not been removed. It talks about that in Scripture. Dad, Dad likes to pray that the veil would be removed from people's eyes so they can see God clearly. They can see his will. Scripture's so accurate about that. It says they can't hear me. They can't see me. And they can't understand what I'm saying. They have no understanding. He said, but God has called me to speak to the Gentiles, to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. You know what Jesus said? I read it this week in the Gospels. He said, those who are not for me are against me. He said, and those who are not helping my cause are fighting against it. So let me, let me say this tonight. You say, man, that, is that controversial, Pastor Matt? Well, I get about 15 of those a month. I say controversial things, maybe 20. If you're not working in God's kingdom, then you are working in the, for the kingdom of darkness. You say, what? I remember a man of God years ago, he said, he said, you either worship God or Satan. So if you're not actively serving God, you're a Satan worshiper. I heard a man of God say that years ago. That shocks people, huh? Said, no, he's he's doing all right, but he's not really serving God. Well, wow, that's powerful. Think about it for a second. Or she's okay, she's staying out of trouble, and that's good. She's staying out of legal trouble and not she's not in trouble with the cops. Praise God. You shouldn't be in trouble with the cops anyway. He said, Man, I, they're not in trouble with the cops. Praise God, that's a big step and a good step in the right direct direction. But if someone is not actively serving God, then they are serving Satan. Jesus said, those who are not for me are against me. Those who are not helping my cause and building my kingdom with me, so they're, then they're working against me. He said, so they may turn from darkness to light. Say, I'm not really turned to the light of Jesus, but I'm not into darkness either. No, you can't be in the gray. You're either in the light or in the darkness. You can't be in the dimness. Turn from darkness to light. You know what else Jesus said? I was reading the word this week said, be careful that the light that you think you have is not really absolute darkness. And says, oh, such darkness it will be when you think it's light, but it's actually darkness. There are people out there, actors and different people, maybe you've met them, who say, oh, man, I'm, I've, oh, I've been enlightened. I'm serving Buddha. Let me talk to you about Buddha real quick. This is free. No extra charge. Have you ever wondered why Buddha... Buddha teaches, um, he teaches moderation, but he's severely overweight. <laughs> be slim, be chunky, God bless you, love your body. But Buddha, he ain't just chunky, I mean, like he's just severely overweight, but he's teaching moderation, balance. Balance. You know, sometimes I feel like the devil might as well just wave a red flag, and some people still wouldn't see it. They go, that's not the devil. 
He's got pointy ears and he's satanic and everything, a long pointy tail. He's waving a red flag. That's not the devil. Buddha is teaching moderation. And he's struggling with, with self-control. That's strange. And here's another thing about Eastern religions. Check this out. Darkness to light. Did you know Eastern religions, many of the, remember the, I remember the Beatles got really into, uh, into the Hare Krishna stuff and all that Eastern religion stuff. You ever heard of the Beatles? Oh, at some point they were so popular. John Lennon said, we're more popular than Jesus. He didn't last long after that. He got killed. God will not share his glory with anyone. People need to really be careful. But these Eastern religions, I noticed that they glorify the serpent. Real strange stuff. Eastern religions say, we're trying to release the serpent within your spine and all this weird stuff. Just weird stuff. That sounds like darkness to me. If it's confusing, if it sounds evil, if it robs your peace, chances are it's of the devil. And here's an easier one. If it's not for God, well, then it is. it's coming from the devil. So think about that. Said So they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Man, I've, I'm on a good one now. We might as well keep it up. Why stop? This train is rolling now and it's going downhill. It's like it's picking up speed, momentum. For years in the Hispanic culture, say, no, I went to a curandero. They claimed that they're operating in the power of God. A curandero or curandera, witch or warlock, is forbidden in the Old Testament. The practice of witchcraft was punishable by death in the Old Testament. We're in the age of grace right now, and God, God kind of winks at stuff and allows it for a while. But let me just tell you guys, just so it's clear to you, according to Scripture, you got to read your Bible, palm reading, divination, horoscopes. Did I say horoscopes? <laughs> baby, my mom's in heaven going, that's not good grammar, babe. Hor horoscopes. They are pretty horrific, though, horror. Can you imagine predicting your life and stuff and basing it on when you were born? Doesn't that sound weird to you? How could they do that? Well, they can't. I've seen some people, they read it so much, they go, no, it's really happening to me now. Well, you must be falling into the enemy's plan. Met a guy the other day, and he goes, oh, you're an Aries? I go, I guess, but who cares? Turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. There's a lot out there that's creepy. And you know, there's a lot of junk that sounds good, but it's ridiculous. To the human mind, it's go, wow. You can be enlightened. You can reach a place of nirvana, just perfect bliss. No heaven or hell, but you lived right and you kind of acted right and you looked like Buddha. At least his head is bald, though. You know, kind of makes him, you know. But Nirvana, just bliss, you don't really, you're not really anything or anywhere, you're not in heaven or hell, you're just waiting, you know, in this, your, your energy. Well, that's not scriptural. Scripture says for believers like yourselves, and those listening tonight, absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. It also says in the book of Hebrews, it is appointed unto, one, unto mankind once to die, and after this, the judgment. I don't think the judgment is nirvana. Man, I've got to, I don't know why I'm hitting this hard tonight. Maybe it's for somebody on the live stream. Maybe it's not even for someone per se in this room. Or maybe it's for someone in this room. But, say, man, but this stuff looks good. Yeah, be careful. And I'm going to go call her out by name. I don't know if she claimed to be a Christian or what she was. Brene Brown? You guys, y'all ever heard of her? Did I get her name right? Brene Brown? 
She's a new ager. She's not preaching the gospel. So I don't know who that's for, but if you're a believer, throw away or burn your Brene Brown books. Don't even take them to the goodwill. No one else needs to be reading that junk. That is not scriptural. You get in the word. People start going, yeah, but isn't there more than the Bible? They're deceived already. God has limited himself to his word. Why? He keeps it simple so we don't start stumbling over crazy stuff. Man, I did not mean to linger on this verse tonight. And I'm going to, it's 6.50? I'm going to have to stop. But fall in love with truth, people of God. Men and women of God, that's who you are. We're all disciples in training, but you are men and women of God, and I believe it, and I know it, and you're here for a reason. You on the live stream as well, put God first, fall in love with truth so you don't be deceived. I read in Proverbs today, chapter 12, it said, truth will stand the test of time, but lies will soon be exposed. You ever read that? I like that translation. Let's pray real quick. What verse was that, Micah? 18. God is faithful. Lord, I thank you for your people. I thank you for their attentive hearts. I thank you for their hunger for you. I thank you for your promises, your plan, your peace, your prosperity, your protection. Thank you that you promised us long lives. And Lord, we're waiting on you to return, Jesus. But if you don't return in our lifetimes, we're praying you do. But if you don't, we will live long lives and declare the glory of the Lord. We will live and not die and declare the glory of the Lord. I break every attack of the enemy over everyone in this house tonight. I speak the blood of Jesus. I speak life and hope and health and strength. Repeat this prayer with me if you would. For anyone in this house or on the live stream who has never accepted Jesus, never made a commitment to God publicly, go ahead and repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Say, I declare and confess that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And say, I believe Jesus died and rose again for me. Say, Lord, change me from a life of sin and transfer me into a life of righteousness. In Jesus' name. Say, I believe in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus, Father, over your people tonight on the live stream and the audio. Everyone in this house, anyone who will ever hear this message, may it go forth in power and accomplish what you sent it to accomplish. We thank you tonight. We give you glory. We praise you. We honor you. And the devil will stay bound in Jesus' name. Because we know we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not personal, God. We can't take it personal from other people and say, why are they acting that way? The enemy has a plan, but God's plan is greater. And we thank you that your plan is being fulfilled in our lives, Father. In Jesus' name, someone said.